La Familia Michoacana surfaced in the wake of the battle for control of Michoacan between the Gulf Organization and the Millennium Cartel, sometimes known as the Valencia Family Cartel. The Gulf Group had recruited LFM members to assist them in driving out rivals from the state, using its armed wing, the Zetas. The tense climate eventually developed due to the state's increased methamphetamine distribution and mounting dissatisfaction with the Zetas, who were in charge of the Gulf Organization's operations in Michoacan. By choosing to contest the Zetas' rule in 2006, LFM was able to drive both the Gulf and the Zetas' organizations out of the state and turn themselves into the new narco big shots in the region. In this episode of Narco 101, we shall be delving into the formation, leadership and operations of La Familia Michoacana. In case you are wondering, these are the guys behind the infamous video where they have a pitbull, chewing off some poor fella's package. Formation of LFM The exact date for the formation of LFM is unclear. Some sources say the organization was formed in the 1980s by Carlos Rosales Mendoza. He was once listed as one of the most wanted criminals on the planet by the DEA. This dude was a close friend to Osiel Cárdenas Guillén, one of the powerful leaders and founders of the Gulf Cartel. In one way or another, LFM has always been in close association with the Gulf Cartel. This explains how they became associated with the Zetas. In the year 2000, Amoldo Rueda Medina, alias La Minza, became the number one assassin for La Empresa, which loosely translates to the company, a shadowy criminal organization which later got absorbed by the Gulf Cartel. It is from here that La Minza entered close associations with Nazario Moreno Gonzalez. La Minza, being a literal professional hitman, helped run LFM after they decided to cut ties with the Gulf Cartel in 2006. I'm guessing he was in charge of tactical field operations or some similar shit. He was arrested three years later on July 11, 2009. In all fairness, this dude's ruthlessness helped shape LFM and gave them the balls to stand alone as a narco organization. La Minza served under the direct supervision of Nazario Moreno Gonzalez, alias El Chayo, or El Más Loco, which loosely translates to the most crazy. He was supposedly killed by federal police on Friday, December 10, 2010 in a shootout. It turned out that he faked his own death. This was probably to get law enforcement off his back for a little while. He then moved on to create the Knights Templar Cartel. Along with Servando Gomez Martinez, alias La Tuta, or The Teacher. We have looked at this dude in a previous episode that discusses the Knights Templar Cartel. I will leave a link to that episode in the description. When El Mas Loco faked his death, LFM was left under the leadership of José de Jesús Méndez Vargas, alias El Chango, or The Ape. He was arrested in June 2011. This dude was for a time part of La Resistencia. La Resistencia or the Resistance started off as a Mexican criminal enforcer elite unit that had well-trained gunmen from the Sinaloa Cartel, Gulf Cartel and later, the Knights Templar Cartel originally formed to expel Las Zetas Cartel from the states of Michoacán and Jalisco. They later became Carteles Unidos or the United Cartels. This association however did not last. Some sources say El Mas Loco supposed death in 2010 was the main cause of the split that led to the formation of the Knights Templar Cartel. I think it is pretty obvious this is far from the truth. El Mas Loco faked his own death, aligned with La Tuta to create the Knights Templar Cartel. This dude's supposed death, however led to the end of the relationship between El Chango and La Resistencia. He was left with control over a very small and insignificant jurisdiction. 
he later confessed that he wanted to realign with the Zetas to fight the United Cartels, that now included the newly formed Knights Templar Cartel, that was mainly comprised of former LFM members that jumped ship. He was desperate. He later died on March 9, 2014. For real this time. Many locals in small towns and villages in Michoacan who actually believed he was a good dude, mourned his death, and he unofficially became a saint. The highest levels of the organization's leadership required all members to conform to LFM's pseudo-Christian fundamentalist philosophy, which is recognized for its cult-like mystique. Some of their Christian teachings seemed tame and harmless, while a majority of it was carefully stipulated to brainwash all new recruits. Keeping them docile, obedient and ridiculously organized. Which made them easy to manage. Before his death, El más loco. published his own Bible title, Pensamientos. In it, he described himself and fellow cartel members as valiant men who protected Michoacan and its people. Additionally, the supposed Christian fundamentalist cartel prohibits its members from consuming drugs or alcohol, and in its early days, they reportedly forbade the selling of drugs locally. But selling drugs to other people far away was totally fine. In all this mess, Carlos Rosales Mendoza, the dude credited with forming LFM in the 1980s, mostly stayed incognito. Not much is reported about him during the narco conflicts of the 2010s. I am assuming he chose to stay out of the mess until his death on December 27, 2015. Operations of LFM As the LFM's name suggests, the group had its base and origins in Michoacan, in particular the mountainous Sierra Madre del Sur. Their support base was located in the seven municipalities that make up Tierra Caliente in southwest Michoacan. Additionally, LFM built branches in the Mexican cities of Guerrero, Morelos, Guanajuato, Colima, Querétaro, and Jalisco. The group was most recently active in the states of Michoacan and Guerrero in 2020, where they battled organizations like the CJNG and other smaller armed cells to defend their jurisdictions. They originally started as a vigilante and anti-crime organization. A community protection sort of militia that was formed to protect the poor helpless locals of Michoacan. Eventually, when the Gulf organization utilized the Zetas to drive the Millennium Cartel out of Michoacan, they were assimilated into the Gulf and Zeta Alliance. LFM members also consider their killings as divine justice in protecting society from adulterers, and other delinquents. This is where the infamous castrated by Pitbull's gore video serves to attest to their crazy false sense of righteousness. This unity only lasted for a short while, as the Zetas decided to leave the Gulf Cartel. This, in addition to the brutality and unhinged sadism displayed by the Zetas, did not really match with LFM's agenda. You can't be masquerading as protectors of the locals, yet you are in bed with the Zetas that had made it their personal business to fuck with the locals. This was not good public relations. Due to these operational differences, LFM and the Zetas entered a period of serious conflict. This was one of the many factors that contributed to the narco conflicts of the 2010s. El más loco was part of the top leadership of LFM alongside Carlos Rosales Mendoza until 2011, when he faked his death, possibly started a narco conflict in the process and ended up breaking away to form the Knights Templar Cartel with La Tuta. Apparently he La Tuta. and a bunch of other LFM members were dissatisfied with how the LFM was conducting business. LFM had become super violent, crazy, and they had started fucking with the locals of Michoacan. I'm guessing they picked up a few habits from the Zetas, as far as brutality and sadism is concerned. Not messing with the locals was one of the few rules that LFM religiously lived by. This made the locals initially look at them as protectors. 
Due to this, the locals offered them protection and never snitched on them to Mexican law enforcement. Keeping up a close and perfect relationship with the locals was one of the main reasons for their success, since they were basically left in peace to do their narco business. They peacefully operated out of ranches and had many volunteers that were convinced LFM was the right side to be on. The fact that the Zetas were breaking away from the Gulf Cartel caused a whole lot of disorganization and serious conflict in the narco community. Due to this, the Gulf Cartel did not necessarily have the leadership capacity to hold on to LFM. This basically left them exposed to the Zetas' brutality. LFM needed money to continue operating and fighting the Zetas. Due to this, LFM started overtaxing the locals, racketeering, kidnapping and robbing the locals. This did not sit right with El más loco. so he jumped ship. As far as violence goes, the people you ought to watch out for at all costs are folks that believe they are on a spiritual quest. Or are convinced they are doing their crazy shit for the greater good. LFM were just on par with the Zetas when it came to brutality and violence. They were side by side in popularizing dismemberments, decapitations and sadistic torture on camera. They may not have conducted any massacres like the Zetas, but they have quite a few gore videos in their catalog. Despite the fact that LFM was once among Mexico's biggest producers and exporters of methamphetamines, in its early years the organization consistently opposed anything to do with the narco community. But over time, they established stronger roots in the rich mountainous region of Sierra Madre del Sur, where they built the necessary facilities and had the ability to grow opium poppies and marijuana plants and further produce their own cocaine and crystal In spite of their contested religious authenticity or origins, LFM has played a significant civic, economic, and political role in Michoacan and the surrounding area. A range of social projects, such as the construction and refurbishment of schools and churches, as well as the creation of drainage systems, were conducted or supported by these psycho dudes. Through a number of initiatives and programs, including helping victims of domestic violence and, ironically, running community centers dedicated to drug usage prevention, they were also effective in building a network of social support. LFM controlled nightlife by regulating clubs and other night entertainment locations in place of the local and state governments, showing how pervasive their influence was in pretty much all aspects of daily life. They seemed to genuinely believe they were good folks, even when there are obvious known atrocities committed by them. At the height of their operations, LFM had roughly 30% of the formal commerce in the state under its control, while other reports believe that they may have had an affiliation with up to 85% of legally registered companies. In addition to dealing in serious narcos, including crystal marijuana, and coke, LFM was also involved in racketeering and smuggling individuals into the United States. Additionally, they ran a debt collection business where they retained 20% of the unpaid balance and occasionally kidnapped non-compliant defaulters. Along with extorting taxes, they also lent money to local farmers, businesses, schools, and churches. To avoid frequent conflicts with rival cartels, they simply prefer to solely conduct business within their region. I guess in one way or another, they were pretty wholesome dudes. Since the formation of the Knights Templar Cartel, law enforcement considered LFM to be virtually defunct. Even before the group split, there were thought to be up to three internal factions within LFM, all of them juggling alliances with numerous cartels. One was reportedly linked to the Sinaloa Cartel, another linked to the Gulf Cartel, and yet another with the Beltran Leyva organization. The Executive Council, which El Mas Loco had previously led, had other internal divisions as well. According to reports, each regional cell had some sort of autonomy. The production of crystal meth would be the focus of one branch, while extortion payments would be collected by another, and the other would be comprised of hitmen and all-around bad dudes. 
what I would call the Major Crimes Division. Leadership of the current LFM, now rebranded to Nueva Familia Michoacana, is unclear. One thing's for sure, these dudes played a major role in defeating the Zetas. They basically decided to fight fire with fire. Returning sadistic brutality sent towards them, with even more sadistic brutality. Even though LFM of today is a shell of what it once was, the organization is nonetheless deeply ingrained in local communities. These are important to the organization's criminal activities. Thank you for being with me on this sixth episode of Narco 101. Please subscribe to Baggage Unclaimed, leave a like or comment. Your engagement helps keep the lights on around here.